Father, now what is a great question. We wonder what's next. What's the governor going to say tomorrow when we get to go outside and do what are we supposed to do? God, what next? You know what's next and you know what's now. So God, we pray your Holy Spirit, who is live, Lord, and active, would be alive and active in each of our hearts. Whether we're here in person, Lord, or worshiping online, we pray, God, that you, Lord, would just change our lives from the inside out for your good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you're here, you're online, if you have a Bible or your phone, I encourage you to turn to two different sections. We're going to be in the Old Testament in Psalm 139 to start with, and then we're going to be in the New Testament in Luke Chapter 12, the first three verses. If you have the Version app, I recommend that highly. It's free, and it basically has our sermon outline on there. Just uh, click on it and say, you're at St. John, and that's your location, where we are here in Mansfield, and the whole sermon will come up with the answers. You can take notes. And remember, you can write in your Bibles. I was son of a bookbinder for 70 years. We had a bookbindery, and I love, I smell books, I love them, but it's okay to write in them, especially your Bible, because that's where you're going to keep your notes and probably go back to them and find them as well. So we're starting a series today called Unmasked, and you know, we had different sermon series plans like six months ago for today and next month, and we decided, of course, when this all came out, that we should punt them. Oh, I um, actually put a new pinch hit. I miss sports so much. Anyway, uh, we actually should punt and try a new sermon series that's a little bit more applicable, like to what's going on that we didn't know two and a half months ago was going on right now. And that's the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. So Unmasked seemed a little appropriate because we started thinking about this and we thought, well, we're going to have this slight opening. People can start getting their feet wet going and do whatever, you know, that's quote unquote normal or what we used to do. And masks could come off and then we realized, I actually got to keep them on. But uh, how many of you actually, do you wear masks? Like I wear masks when I go to the grocery store to be kind so whatever I may or may not have for other people. But uh, I have a couple different kinds of masks that I wear. I love this one. Because this is like t-shirt material. It's great. I can <gasps> breathe no matter what through it. But this one, my friend, he sent 10 of these to our house. And I was all excited, man. These look like they say KN95, right? And I'm not eBaying this. I'm not trying to work the market. I was like, I'm going to actually use this. You put these things on, friends. You go to the grocery store. <gasps> You get back in the car, you're like, I can't wait to breathe. I feel like there's these metal things. And I was like, is anybody looking? I kind of opened it up a little bit, try to get some breath, you know. But I wonder how these frontline workers do it. I know some of them have this little hold there, but man, they're doing an awesome job and it's hard to breathe. In fact, I read something online and they were like, I can't believe how selfish people are that they're not wearing masks when they run. I'm telling you, I run every day. I'm not wearing a mask. I would be dead. You're going to find me on the side of the road. I'm coming to join you. There it is. So today we're not talking about physical masks, taking those off. We're talking about the masks that we put on inside. In fact, when we grow up, think about it. You have these ways that you act at home as a kid. And when you start to go out to preschool or to kindergarten or church or things like that, your mom and dad will, will tell you, well, it's okay to do that maybe at home, but you don't do that out in public. And you need to act like this when you go out. And this is called a facade, right? You're basically putting a mask on so people don't see the real you. Like, you know, you don't do that outside. And then, then moms sometimes are like, we don't do that here. Well, mom, we're at home. Well, I'm trying to teach you because when you go out in public, you don't want to do that. We put up a front. 
And we learn really well how to do this. By the time we're a teenager, you're putting on a whole show, and sometimes that is not you at all, and it never leaves us. This is how we roll. This is how we live sometimes. And sometimes we struggle with like, okay, what kind of face mask, what kind of facade do I want to put out this month? And in our teenage years, up into college, you know, we're always changing things. You know, like, I want to be like this. I want to be like that. And really, when you're an adult, sometimes that that still just happens. Today, we're we're going to really talk about what's going on on the inside, right? How do we really be honest with ourselves and allow God to do the surgery he wants to do? Because here's the problem. And I'll kind of go to the first point here, and we'll kind of wrestle with this. A crisis, a crisis will always expose what's truly inside of you. How many of you have said, you know what, I can't put the face on anymore? i got to be honest and just tell people, I'm struggling right now. I'm hurting. This is not normal. And when, when you, what you're feeling is you're feeling the effects of a crisis, Now, notice it's the effects of a crisis because it's not COVID-19 that actually developed these problems in you. It's just that COVID-19 is pushing the buttons and it's pulling the strings and it's exposing what's already inside. You know, think about it. When people do surgeries like this, a lot of days surgeries look like this where people are just totally garbed up. They're going to do some pictures, and they're going to really see, okay, here's the, what the x-ray says, the MRI. We kind of know what we're going to find when we go in, but sometimes they find different things. The problem is, is you can't do that with your spirit. You can't take a, a spiritual x-ray and say, I know exactly what's there. you got to let God sometimes just go in there, push the buttons, and pull the strings. And ouch, it hurts. I want to give you some psychological grace right now. And make sure you hear this. Psychologists are saying that this is a normal way to feel. If you are struggling right now and you're like, this change is just blowing me up, even if I'm like a change-loving person, if I'm feeling trouble right now, it's okay. Here's why. God designed our brains to actually do certain patterns that we get used to. It's almost like you have a, a brain rut Like you start doing something some way, your brain is trained to get into this pattern and this is the way you're going to go. And when it it changes, think about it. You get up, normally you used to get up at a certain time. Some of you still do. You get out of bed, usually on the same side. Now if you're married and you change sides, good luck for your husband or wife. But anyway, you get up on, on the same side, you put whatever clothes on, you go usually around the couch, into the kitchen, and most of us will start a coffee maker of some sort. Think about if you woke up, this is the simple part, and all of a sudden the coffee maker's moved. You're like, who moved my coffee maker? They can make a book instead of cheese about that. Who moved my coffee maker? The couch was moved. My my wife, let's just say your your wife decided to stay up until one in the morning and got excited, moved the living room around. You didn't tell you. You wake up, it's still dark. Boom. You know, the pattern is, is broken. Your normal is broken. And this just now extends into our days. You, do, you may not drive the same way. You may not have that defrag time when you drive home from work. All sorts of things, and you're unsettled. That's why we're hitting this series. Now, here's the good news. We're not just going to hit you with psychology. Try these five things, and it works. We're also going to share with you a tried method. It's called the Bible. For centuries, people have been struggling with life, and they look to this book, God's Word, And they will find the answers. You know why? Because the one who authored this book is the same one who made you and created you and knows you. That's what we're going to look at today. We're going to realize that there are answers. 
when things come from the inside and they're exposed, when I'm unmasked, God has some good news for you. And we're going to look at that today. So here's the question. How will you deal with what has been exposed? If you're feeling something right now and you're realizing, man, um, I used to never act like this, but now I'm just a little bit more impatient. I'm cussing now. I'm actually going back to old addictions or behaviors. Maybe it's not just drinking or alcohol or drugs. Maybe I'm like eating too much or maybe I'm exercising too much. You know, somehow we're dealing with this in unhealthy ways. Well, how are you going to deal with what's exposed? There's two ways you can respond. The first one is this. You can stuff it back inside. You can say, what, my, my family, we've been dealing with this for generations. My dad got through it. My grandpa got through it. I'm going to get through it. And we're not going to talk about this. It's painful. It hurts. We're just not going to talk about it. And you know that doesn't work, right? When I was a kid, like, I'm clean now. When I was a kid, I had a messy room. My mom was always like, clean your room. Uh, right? So you know what I do? I'd open, you know, the sliding doors in the, in the, the closet. Slide it open. Kick things in there as much as I could about a month and then what's mom do of course open the closet the junk falls out and eventually you explode you stuff things in long enough you ever seen somebody do that you're like all of a sudden you take one french fry like from a family member and they just explode you're like whoa i just took your french fry it's not the french fry it's what they've been stuffing inside that's not a healthy approach, but we do it generationally. It's what you've learned. You're like, they're not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it, okay? And maybe today's the change for you because the second response is this. The second one is let it out. Let it out and allow Jesus to deal with all of it. I wish I would have bolded, highlighted, italicized, colored that word all. Let it out and let Jesus deal with all of it. See, because some of us say, I'll open this door to Jesus, but I'm going to shut that door. I'm going to allow Jesus in this part of my life and not that. But today, Jesus is putting the pressure on. He's like, you know what? It's time to unmask, time to be honest, and let all of this come out. And it's going to be messy. It's going to be hard. You're not going to like it for a while, but at the end, he's going to take you to a better ground. And you're going to realize, you're going to look back and say, look at that unhealthy behavior I was in. So for the next few weeks, if you stick with us, you check out Pastor John's sermon next week, you keep following us on this, Invite some friends to check this out because we're here to allow Jesus to do that inside surgery so that what comes out is much healthier, much better. And like the, the question at the end of the video, what am I going to tell future generations about how I handled the spring of 2020 and maybe beyond, right? This is crucial. This is big. So we're going to start in Psalm 139. Now, Psalm 139, this is an amazing psalm. A psalm, if you're new with us, is basically a, a prayer or a song that was written a long time ago by a few people. Half of the 150 psalms were written by a guy named King David. Now, David is a real special guy. If you don't know this, he's actually an ancestor of Jesus. If you look in the New Testament, it says Jesus had this dad, then that dad. Then. So, so basically, the grandpa, then a great-grandpa, then Jesus. It, it's like David was his great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpa. Okay? David is way back there, but he's related to Jesus. And the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel that, Jesus, that David actually was a man after God's own heart. Okay? He had a heart that was following God. And yet, David had struggles 
David seemed to have in his life one crisis after another. He had one opportunity for things to get exposed over and over, what's really going on inside. It was like God was, okay, you got that, yank, got that, yank, got that, yank, right? David dealt with so much, for instance. He one time committed adultery. He had the lady's husband come back. Tried, he had him killed, tried to cover it up. All this stuff. It, his life got so bad that his son, one of his sons actually started to go against him and tried to kill him. And his son ended up dying in the process. It was so sad if you read the story of King David. Yet, we have psalms, all these prayers, where his heart is just open and exposed and poured out to God. Psalm 139. This psalm is so heartfelt, they say that outside of the book of Job, pouring his heart out in the Old Testament, that this psalm is the one that really exposes the heart of humanity when we struggle. So I want you to read the, we're going to read the first six verses, and as we read this, I want you to personalize it. Okay, I want you to personalize it. Think about you, me. God is, is, this is me talking to God. Say this, this is me talking to God. Here we go. Verse one, you, God, have searched me, Lord. You know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar, you discern my going out, my lying down. I'm going to pause right there, okay? See, it says, not just, Lord, you know everything, but you know me. Not that you are everywhere, but you're with me, right? God knows you. He knows when you sit, knows when you lie down. It says, you're familiar with all my ways. And here's something crazy. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, just like my wife, know it completely, Right? How about many you've been married to somebody, you're like, I know what they're going to say. And then sometimes they say something different. Anyway, God, before you say it, God knows it completely. You hem me in. And basically, some translations are you hedge me in. Okay? You hedge in the Old Testament, in David's time, a hedge was like bushes and stuff that was put around a vineyard that would protect it from animals and all sorts of stuff. So it's a protection. So God, you protect me. You hem me in behind and before me. You're protecting me. You lay your hand upon me. And, and he keeps going. He says, such knowledge, the way this works, it's too wonderful for me and it's too lofty for me to attain. Okay, I can't even fathom, God, what this is, but you are just there for me. Now, some of you could read that right now and that scares you. You're like, I don't want God in my business. Guess what? He's there. He's already there. And this could and should bring you great, great comfort. Because whether you believe it or not, there is someone who created you, someone who knows you better than your mom or you know yourself. And he deeply loves you. He's deeply there for you. He just doesn't know of you. He knows you. He just doesn't know about you. He knows everything that's in you. So if, if you could really let that sink in, Here's what we're going to do with that. We're not going to squirm. We're not going to cover up the truth. We're not going to lie. We're going to say, okay, there are things in me that are coming out right now that I don't like. And God knows them. And I want to deal with them. This is the time that God has called us to deal with them. And here's the good news. That instead of just five self-help points where you're like, oh, I've tried that before, it didn't work. We're going to give you the answer, and it's Jesus. 
I know struggling when I first got sober 11 years ago and I first sobered up, and people always say, oh, the answer is Jesus. I'm like, what do you mean Jesus? That's a, that's a, give me some, some instruction. And they gave me instruction that was cloaked in a spiritual way with Jesus. So I'm like, okay, Jesus can work through this person. Jesus can work through this process. Jesus can work through this church. Jesus can work. You see what I'm saying? It's not just Jesus. It's Jesus working with whatever, whoever he puts in your life. So here's the truth. Jesus, he gives you a warning and a solution for unmasking from the inside out, okay? He not only gives us warnings, he gives us solutions in this text we're going to read. So what I want to do is we're going to go from what David was struggling with Right? And before we do that, I just want to, want to give you one last part of what David w- was saying here. If you go to the end of the psalm, Psalm 139, he says this. He says, search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Wouldn't it be nice for someone else to be dealing with your anxious thoughts? You're like, I've been having the squirrels running to my head way too long. God's time for you to help me with this. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's pretty bold. But if you can kind of just put your foot there and say, I want to try this. Say, God, just search me. Take it away. And let's, let's do something. Let's lead me to an ever, a different way. Then come with Jesus. Come with Jesus. Because he has a warning and a solution. And here's the four things he says just in these three verses. First thing is this. Beware of what's inside. Beware of what is inside you. In Luke chapter 12, let me just give you the verses and I'll set this up for you. It says this. Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples saying, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There's a lot here. A lot here. So it said, meanwhile, so Jesus was preaching, teaching, going through the cities. And it says, meanwhile, as he was doing this, there was a crowd of thousands gathered there. And there were so many that they trampled on each other just to get to Jesus. Here's a side question for you. What would you do to get to Jesus? I hope you wouldn't trample on people, but have you ever wanted Jesus like that? Some of you right now are are starting to just allow your heart to open up. You're like, you know what, God? I need you that bad. I need you that bad right now because I have to deal with what's inside. It needs to get out. So they were trampling to get to Jesus. Jesus then spoke to them, but he specifically spoke to his small group of followers. And he says this, beware, beware on your guard of the yeast of the Pharisees that is hypocrisy. So they were actually heading, they were getting ready to go to an area that had a lot of Pharisees there. Now, who or what in the world are the Pharisees? If you're new to church, you're like, I don't know who that is. Here's a simple way to understand. There were church leaders, groups of church leaders in Jesus' day that led the Jewish nation. And there were Pharisees, Sadducees, a couple others, but the biggest, strongest group was the Pharisees. And they basically were kind of the gatekeepers, the ones that controlled how you understood the Bible, God's Word, the Old Testament. They knew not only the Ten Commandments, but all these laws And they would say, you got to do this, got to do this, can't do this, can't do this. And then each one of them would have their own following. So if you were following this Pharisee, he might have all of a sudden hundreds of more laws that he added on to those. So this is how I understand the laws. Then you go to another guy maybe down in the South District, and he's going to give you a hundred more laws. So first of all, life was crazy and oppressive. If you really bought into all this, you're like, I can't do this. There's so much junk inside of me. i got to get it out. 
Yet you also had a respect at that time for the Pharisees. If you were really a Jew and you believed in God and you were following, you respected them as your authorities. And Jesus is saying, beware of them. What? Why did he say beware of the Pharisees? Because they had hypocrisy in them that was like yeast. Or some of you have read the version, the, the word called leaven. So what's the difference between leaven and yeast? So yeast is basically this. It's used in bread to help it rise, to get its girth, to make it, you know, full. Leaven, leaven is anything that you use in bread to make it full. There's other things you can use. So like yeast is a type of leaven, okay? So sometimes they'll say, beware of the leaven or the yeast of the Pharisees. Be fill, be, beware of what fills them up and makes them who they are. And Jesus says, you know what fills them up right now? It's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Now, why is Jesus touching upon this? Let me define hypocrisy for you, and you might get the, get the idea. It says, hypocrisy is practicing or claiming to have a moral standard of, or beliefs to which, which your actions and behaviors don't conform. Let me say that again. Hypocrisy is claiming to have moral standards and beliefs to which your actions and your behavior do not conform. So you say, I believe this. This is what I'm doing. But I do something different. How many of us are hypocrites? Yay. I've heard often, I'm not going to church because they're all hypocrites. Yes, we are. And we need help. We're going to talk about more about that next week. Okay? Uh, because we struggle, don't we? We know it's the right thing to do, but how many times do you get up and say, today, today I'm not going to lose my cool. It's 9 o'clock. You've already lost your cool three times. Today I'm going to be the perfect husband. By noon, you're less than perfect as a husband right? That's hypocritical. You, you want to act a certain way, you know to, but you don't. And that's, guys, why we need Jesus. Because we can't do this on our own. But Jesus is warning, uh, these guys, the hypocritical way, they don't even get what they're doing. They think they're right. You know, we gotta, we don't go there. So the other way, the other thing to worry about, just not be, being, to have to beware of this, is also to look about what's inside in this way. Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, a little bit earlier, he says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so you're going to know, you're like, man, am I being hypocritical? What's going on? When you hear someone speak or you hear yourself, you're going to know what's really inside. Because usually you can only hide it for a month or two. But eventually it comes out and your mouth will speak what your heart is feeling. And that might scare you. You might think, I, I, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to feel that way. And if you don't, that's where Jesus steps in. So he says, first of all, just beware of this. The second thing is this. Call it for what it is. Call it for what it is. And there's going to be two main things that are coming out here. When you look inside, you're either going to see that hypocrisy is coming out, Right? You're being hypocritical and we got to deal with this. Or you look deeper and say, well, you know, there's, there's, there's truth in here. There's good truth, right? There's truth. And when people sometimes criticize you, whether it's your spouse, your kids, your family member or friends, if they criticize you, don't immediately dismiss that sentence. Instead, say, is there any truth to that? There may be a portion that's true. And say, could, you know, I may be doing some things that are hypocritical, but what I'm seeking is the truth, right? I want to get the hypocritical stuff out. I want to find the truth. If there's some things they're saying that there's not truth to it, just let that go down the river. Let that go. 
But take the truth and run with it because Jesus is wanting to find the truth that's inside of you. Number three is this. Allow that truth to come out. The truth might hurt. You might realize that, you know, I'm not living the Christian life I want to live. I'm not living to the standard that when I was a kid, I said, I'm going to be like that, and I'm not. And Jesus is like, that's okay. Let the truth come out. And here's why it's healthy to do this, because eventually it's going to come out. Listen to how Jesus finishes this section, this last verse. He says this, there is nothing concealed, nothing, that will not be disclosed or hidden, that will not be made known. What you said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you've whispered in the ear of the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. Okay? Some people believe that this is going to be on the last day when Jesus returns. All that we've said and done are going to be exposed, and that's pretty, pretty much what's going to happen. In Matthew 25, we learn that Jesus is going to, everything's going to come out. But the good news is, is that if you are a believer in Jesus, he is going to step in and say, you know what, even though all that happened, I bring forgiveness. That's what the cross is for. I come to take away the shame, to forgive. But what about now? Wouldn't you want to live a life where what's inside is not enslaving you? That you, you don't have to act a way that you don't want to, but you're like, I want to be free of this? Yeah, this, this is what Jesus is talking about. Let it out, let it come out. And the fourth thing is this, daily, daily choose which leaven or yeast you want inside and out. You know, you have a choice. Think about the people you hang around with. Are they making you a better person? Are they drawing you closer to Jesus or not? If they're friends, you have a choice. Family, you gotta work on that. <laughs> uh, think about the things you're watching, the news you're listening to, the things you allow to come inside of you, right? That's the leaven. That's what the, the yeast that fills you. Now, I can just tell you out of experience, this helps fill me in a much better way than all the other things that I just announced to you. Right? But you might say, well, daily? I went to Sunday school when I was young. Or, I got this. There's no problem. What's it? There's nothing new in here, but you know what? This is living and active, and it actually speaks to you as you've gone through different things in a different way. I've taught Sunday school. I, I, taught, I read through the Bible full, full, in a whole year, 12 years ago. You know what? There's new. Daily. This is so important. We were in the Psalms earlier. I'll tell you this. If you are hurting, if you got some struggles, if your mind is going nuts, if you open the Psalms, there's 150 of them, I guarantee you, in fact, I guarantee you that in less than 10 minutes, you will find what emotion you're going through. And it will help you deal with what's going on inside and bring that out. If you find that not to be, if you haven't found it in 10 minutes, I will personally buy you a mask. I'll give you 10 masks. We have hundreds of them out there. Check it out. Daily, daily allow that to happen. You know, Jesus answered this in John 14. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Notice he says, I'm the truth. He is all about truth, wanting to get what's inside out, deal with it honestly, and bring it out. So Jesus is ready to take you to a better place. Are you ready for him? Now, I told you, you, can't, you shouldn't do this alone. We have an opportunity that's coming up. We're going to start recruiting next week for something brand new at St. John. It's virtual grilling groups. 
You excited about this? So if you're new here, basically we do grilling groups uh, usually three times a year where you meet for three weeks and you spend time in a short Bible study, but you get some great food and you just get to know new people, right? You don't do life alone. Well, we're going to do it virtually now on different Zoom meetings or different platform technologies. And here's the hard thing about this is you're going to be on that screen and you're going to see that that family made some killer ribs and you guys had hamburgers. Like, man, I wish I was with them. But anyway, uh, think about this. I'm telling you a week in advance because we're not signing up till next week. But I just pray about this. This might be something that you're like, you know what? My family really needs to stop isolating. It's time for us to allow other godly people to speak into our lives. You know, you don't have to expose everything. No, you can just, you know, it's, you're just meeting these people, right? But just hear what God is doing in their lives. It's a great opportunity. And maybe you might you know, say, you know what? I might actually want to host one of these virtually. I'm your man. I'm going to help. I'll train you. You're not doing this on your own. So if this is something that you're like, I might want to be a part of group life, virtual grilling groups is for you. So next week, we're going to have signups in person, online, you name it. And uh, we're really looking forward to making this happen in June, in June.